Hello and welcome on the barricades. My name is Bujan Stanislavski and with me today is uh, Dr. Bojin Trajkov and Dr. Arta Artinian. I always like to stress on that because I'm surrounded by doctors and I never even graduated. So welcome to the show, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you right. and, and on top on top of that, Dr. Maria Chernat couldn't be here with us today. So it's just two doctors and one undergraduate. Anyway, yeah. guys, we've got a lot to talk about. Let's uh, let's try and uh, and look into what's been going on uh, recently in our region in Eastern Europe, in particular in Bulgaria. Uh, and uh, we've got we've got a lot, you know, a lot of places to go. Uh, like musicians, which are banned from uh, playing in Moldova, we've got uh, we've got the uh, American embassy tweets, or I don't know whether they should be called tweets anymore uh, because it's it's X now apparently, not Twitter anymore. So so X's of the American embassy that were uh, that were actually it's it's a very interesting story. They were uh, uh, they were actually uh, you, you know. Uh, branded by the algorithm of Twitter as misinformation, so it's really interesting. <laughs> and then the uh, the American embassy had to apologize. Uh, that's that, that's in Czech Republic. Anyway, we're going to get to that. Uh, and uh, besides that, we've got um, we've got an open corridor. Apparently, we're going to get to that too. Open corridor between Bulgaria and between the port of Varna in Bulgaria. Actually, that's your hometown, Bujim, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Varna and uh, some Ukrainian. Port. I don't know which ports are still have still any kind of valuable infrastructure in Ukraine, but apparently there are some corridors which are open, and uh, that's a curious story. But I want to uh, start off this segment by uh, by the question of local elections, and it's not something we frequently talk about on this channel because uh, local elections are not of any particular significance normally in normal circumstances and in particular they are of no significance actually in Bulgaria again in regular normal circumstances because these are the most corrupt uh, corrupt or corrupted I always get those two words wrong anyway the, it, it, they are they are uh, they are the linchpin of corruption of political corruption in Bulgaria that's what the local elections normally are and uh, thus no one really cares, you know, how things uh, go there because it's normally local clans, local sometimes oligarchs, you know, who organize their own parties, their own um, political organizations, and then you know they force their entire entire uh, clientele to vote for them. That's that's more or less the situation, but this time it's different. And uh, 2023 Bulgarian local elections are scheduled to be held on October. 29th which is my birthday by the way <laughs> so uh, uh mayors and municipal councillors across the country will be elected um uh, they the elections are organized according to uh, proportional representation uh with uh, an open so-called preferential voting system list preferential voting system uh, and uh, what else can I say? The mayoral elections, they take place within uh, the context of a so-called majoritarian two-round system. The first round of the elections uh, is uh, going to be held on October 29th. If no candidate is given constituency, managed to gain 50% of the vote. Uh, a runoff election is held and so on and so forth. So uh, the, uh, the organization is pretty typical, I would say. Uh, and this time, the interesting place where, uh, which requires our analysis and our <clears throat> uh, 
discussion here is Sofia, the capital city of Bulgaria. Now, you, what you have to know is that Sofia is basically one third of Bulgaria in terms of population, because that's roughly about around two million people living there. Uh, and the entire population of Bulgaria is about 6 million. That's officially, I mean, I don't know, maybe officially it's 7 million or something, but there is not a single person that wouldn't know anyone who lives, works, or studies abroad, you know, these days in Bulgaria. So anyway, we're talking about roughly 6 million people, maybe a little more than that, living on the territory of Bulgaria. 2 million of those 6 million, which is one third, are located, concentrated exactly in the capital city in Sofia. Uh, then we have two other, uh, two, three other, maybe I should say, important cities. One is Plovdiv, that's your hometown, Arto. So, uh, then it's Varna. My third then... best city and the most interesting city, I mean. Uh, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I like it much better than Sofia. That's true, despite the fact that I'm, you know, born and raised. Except in Varna, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. Anyway, so Varna, Varna and uh, Plovdiv are definitely two uh, major urban centers in Bulgaria, but we're talking not about millions of inhabitants there, but we're talking about half a million, maybe. Is that, if I remember correctly, I haven't checked that before the program. I think the but... official numbers for Plovdiv at the last um, census was about 380,000. Okay, so probably yeah. it's probably four to 500. Yeah, okay. So you, you know, recently I, I learned an interesting fact about Varna. I don't know if this is correct, though, because, you know, there are no facts to kind of... I, just an uh, anecdotal evidence, but basically I learned that uh, the actual number of the population in Varna is much higher than uh, officially uh, uh, declared. And the reason why uh, it has not been uh, updated is because of uh, the, they don't, of, if the number of people is as many as they, as, as they, uh, claim now to to be, which is about six hundred thousand. If this is the case, they need to build, build new sewage infrastructure. Infrastructure, but they because they can't build this sewage infrastructure due to corruption and all this kind of like oh you know good reasons. Oh, wow, wow. <laughs> they no, keep the population as it is during socialist times. So that's oh really interesting. Yeah, that, that really is something. <laughs> that that. That really is something I had no idea that, uh, but I, I, you know, I can totally see it. I can totally see it in Bulgaria, like people, uh, you know, the local municipality in Varna or Plovdiv or any other town or, or city, they go like, no, 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 let's keep the census data down because otherwise we're going to have to build this and build that. And, you know, I don't even blame them for that because when I know how much corruption you have to facilitate and organize in order to get something erected, you know, in any of the major cities, then I, I kind of, you know, I... Well, I don't want to say I feel for them, but I kind of see where they're coming from, right? Mm, okay, but because anyway, all, let's, of, these, let's, all yeah. of these beaches need to, you know, to have cleaner water and all that, but they can't really <laughs> provide. Yeah. That, so. yeah, 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 exactly. So uh, let's let's speak about Sofia, and in Sofia, things are interesting because of one person, one person that is going to actually participate in uh, these local elections and i i think all bulgarian leftists and all leftists who are familiar with the situation in bulgaria leftists i don't know people who are kind of you know uh who can see through the corruption and who can understand uh the situation in various eastern european countries in eastern europe as, uh, in general but in particular in bulgaria they should place their hopes in uh in the best possible result for this particular person her name is vanya grigorova and I will show her um, her picture right here uh, on the screen. 
just let me uh, let me pull it up here. Here it is. Okay, so this is Vanya Grigorova, and uh, she is probably the most important leftist politician uh, in Bulgaria, maybe one of the most important politicians of that profile in the Balkans. Uh, and certainly she is, and she's always been since I met her in 2014 or 2015 for the first time, uh, and we became friends and colleagues even for a short while. Uh, and she, she's always made this, this impression on me of being a very courageous, very brave, very dynamic, very vivid person, uh, willing to fight, willing to wage a real struggle, uh, you know, believing in the working class in the working class uh, in a sense that you know she'd go from factory to factory from you know this workplace to, to that workplace and she'd organize workshops she'd give speeches she'd she'd do all kinds of things that you'd expect from a classical you know, all, all kinds of you know the whole classical set that you'd expect of every you know person with that kind of views right and you know i She's not like a revolutionary Marxist, at least that's not what she says. We've had many discussions with her about that. Uh, but uh, she is a very consistent, you know, class fighting social Democrat. Uh, and uh, she today poses a real threat to, <clears throat> to the current establishment, particularly within those local elections, not only because she takes up the question of property, not only because she takes up the question of the working conditions, not only because she speaks openly for the people, uh, for, for the working people, and uh, not only because she says, you know, things that stand out, obviously, but because she is at the same time, and that's that's where I place her importance and in, 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 like the bulk of her abilities uh, that, that led to it is... is that she's very popular, you know, being a leftist social democrat, you know, going against the stream all the time, you know, uh, being part of the labor movement. That's a very unusual thing in Eastern Europe, to be a popular class fighter. And she is that, isn't she? So uh, I, I really feel that uh, this is this is something, uh, something outstanding. And, uh, and the, the, the point of the political dynamics in Sofia that's going that are going to uh, that are already unfolding in the uh, <clears throat> within the electoral campaign and the elections as i said are going to take place on october 29th is that you know she represents everything that the kind of liberal class in bulgaria if you can call them a class a liberal group in Bulgaria, that usurped power long time ago, uh, is everything they hate. You know, she stands for the working class. Uh, she says, uh, she defends the People's Republic. Uh, she works with the, um, uh, with the uh, labor unions. Uh, she, you know, she takes, she participates in elections with a very solid, you know, leftist platform. Uh, something we observe anyway anywhere throughout uh eastern europe well maybe with the exception of russia where they have you know a powerful communist uh <clears throat> party but you know i spoke i spoke when i was in bulgaria <clears throat> i think two weeks ago a little less than two weeks ago i spoke to a friend of mine who's a journalist and uh he said that according to his interpretation according to his assessment of the whole thing we seem to be 
to be approaching a kind of major face-off <clears throat> between <clears throat> the sentiments, the political sentiments of the people, including in Sofia, clashing with, with, with the kind of official line of the government, of this government, of the previous government, of the governments of the last 20 years. And the fact that she will participate in these elections and that she will be able to gain and maybe represent successfully, hopefully, this sentiment within the people and, and kind of, even if she doesn't win, right? But, but even if she manages to kind of, you know, face off in the second round or something like that, with the guy who is, on the contrary, everything that the Bulgarian quote-unquote liberal class, for lack of a better phrase, loves, that's, that's something exceptional and that, that does require our attention. And uh, interestingly enough, I think there has never been local elections in the Bulgarian, in the short history of Bulgarian local elections since 19, I think, 1993, uh, that would be so that that would get people so excited what what, what do you what do you say to that let's begin with uh, you Bojin. okay so first of all let's just talk about the paradox that uh the so-called liberal candidate the of the self-identified liberals because well i guess in this particular historical conjecture these are the actual liberals that we have Globally, but uh, so this establishment candidate, the candidate of the of continuing the change and uh, uh, GERB coalition, the, the coalition that is in power right now, uh, has a very interesting background, which means that yes. his exactly. grandfather, his uncle, uh, his father were all members of the Secret Service, which there's mm -hmm. nothing really. Of the uh, secret service of the former Bulgaria. Of the, of the know, people's Republic, of the, yes. of, the, of the socialist uh, state, yes. So, uh, you know, for a candidate, and first of all, it really depends what kind of secret service there were. Like, you know, it could be intelligence, and it could be simply just like spies on the people and, look, and you know, listen to what their regular Joe is talking about. But, uh, uh, but for a candidate on the left, Perhaps this is not going to be such a big deal, but for someone who considers himself like a staunch anti-communist to come from this kind of background, that's kind of really, uh, you know, just uh, un un unbelievable uh, the, uh, uh, hypocrisy. And so uh, that was in some way already weakens the 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 uh, the established the, the the electorate of uh, continuing the change and. Uh, uh, well, I'm not going to talk about GERB's electorate, but continuing the change in yes, Bulgaria electorate, the staunch pro-American anti-communists. They already let's, kind let's, of let's just let's just inform let's just inform the viewers here that most of their voters are actually located in Sofia, in Bulgaria. Yes, uh, yes, yes, right. So this is very important because if we can uh, deal them some kind of major blow, even if you know, we don't win the elections or anything like that. But even if we get close, this is going to have a very important effect, lowering their morale. That's at least how I see it. Yes. And I think they already are bruised in some way by this candidate. 
uh, who is this kind of IT guy, but he's like a businessman. He's not really an actual sort of IT specialist or anything like that. He's just the owner of IT company. Uh, and uh, so, uh, you know, uh, the, that in itself is, uh, uh, you know, you have this typical kind of a new new liberal figure of uh, some kind of a, you know, the great entrepreneur who actually got his capital from shady deals, uh, you know, during the transformation period, you know. From, yeah, by the uh, way, by the way, it says there is a story, there are rumors about his father that uh, he actually managed to, I mean, this guy managed to set up his business thanks to his father's money. And the the money that were obtained by his father are, it's alleged, I, there is no evidence for that. I mean, I've seen no evidence produced, but I think it's highly likely that his father actually switched from the former, you know, uh, Bulgarian secret service, you know, of the people. Republic of Bulgaria, he just uh, uh, switched to uh, to the American Secret Service, and he became their uh, kind of uh, empresario here, in, double in agent so, or triple uh, agent or whatnot. You know, yeah, I, I, don't know. I don't know. Whatever. I, I don't know. I don't know whether that's true. Yeah, again, but yeah, uh, I, I think but, it's 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 like uh, it would be a very typical thing. You know. So this is what Vanya Grigorova is uh, going against. Like, I mean, this is her opponent, and Vanya Grigorova. Let's let's also remind our well, let's just tell our viewers because they don't know that, but she has been attacked by the so-called uh, uh, liberals, uh, let's call them liberal right or whatever, or the anti-communist liberal kind of like, uh, you know, uh, pro-American uh, groups uh, in uh, places like, you know, social media like uh, Facebook and Twitter and so on. Uh, people linked to certain NGOs. Uh, she has been attacked in, a, in kind of like a, I would call that like an impotent rage because, uh, you know, if you remember, they couldn't come up with anything else but just uh, uh, have uh, found some, uh, you know, some of her facial expressions on media and kind of like mocked her about that. So, uh, you know, this kind of really petty forms of uh, attacks which again is a paradox because you know supposedly liberals are all about political correctness ah, and yeah. you know, well, uh, yeah. liberal feminism and so on uh, and so uh, and uh, so you already have this kind of like a series of contradictions that the liberals are uh, you know basically okay uh, i want to if if you allow i, I just want to give arto also a chance to comment on it but arto you know before you comment on vanya grigorova's important participation in the uh, upcoming local elections in sofia <clears throat> i want to ask you to uh, to perhaps qualify somehow the so-called liberals so-called bulgarian liberals right-wing liberals i don't know even how to call them you know i uh, when i listened to uh to Bojin now i thought to myself we should call them the bulgarian western chauvinists i think that's because they they don't stand for any particular doctrine they just stand for the west to dominate bulgaria that's 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 their idea isn't it well, I mean, we can use the old-fashioned language, which I still is still accurate. I think anybody in the members of the Bulgarian elite and their associated uh, environment who uh, support such kinds of politics, they're basically the comprador uh, bourgeoisie, as it was known in the old books, which simply means in every colonized society, uh, colonized by the uh, Western imperial forces, there's always a, an active creation of a local elite, but the local elite is purposefully, of course, because they're colonized, highly dependent for everything on their um, masters, right? Imperial masters. And what that usually means is 
when important things are happening in politics, like, for example, the war between Russia and NATO in Ukraine, the comprador elites are usually given a signal that they must obey and do certain things. And all of a sudden they forget all of their differences and they form a unified uh, political body and execute the orders of the imperial masters. And that's exactly what happened with the election of the last government. But but, but can, I, can I ask one supplementary question here? Because what you say, I, I agree, of course, fully with this comprador uh, elite. And, and Helper I, elite or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, by the way, I've heard many journalists in Bulgaria even, you know, referring uh, yeah, to those people that way. And I think it's completely correct. But I'm also thinking, I'm, when, I, when I said Western chauvinists, Bulgarian Western chauvinists, I, I'm also including the kind of mass of people because it is a mass, it's a small mass, but it's a mass of people that support them, that run around Sofia, you know, main squares every once in a while, <clears throat> and, uh, and, and you know, either shout in support of Ukraine or shout in support of anything that America does at a given moment or shout against someone, some politician who said something that they perceived anti-American. And I'm thinking not all of them are really bourgeois. Many of them are, are, are very live in very precarious conditions. I know that for a fact because I know quite quite a few of those people. Uh, and uh, it's it's like they they leave with this understanding and it is a comprador understanding in the final aftermath, but it's also, it's also very profoundly chauvinistic against the nation that they were born to. Uh, that is like, they don't want to see Bulgaria. They don't want to see Bulgarians as they are and, and thriving within their own cultural understanding and, and social understanding and political perception and everything. They want the West to dominate everyone, you know, and, and best, Best case scenario, dominate in a dictatorial fashion that, so that no one can, you know, raise their, uh, their, their, their voice, let alone their heads, right? So that's, that's why I'm saying that they are Western chauvinists, aggressive Western well, chauvinists in Bulgaria. I mean, Boyan, yeah, I mean, I think just like in every other society that's similar in terms of its small society that's under the political domination of an of a imperial entity, the, the comprador, what we call the comprador bourgeoisie or the, the political elite, so-called, that have that kind of an orientation, they, of course... Uh, create their own political organizations. They have their own right. political ideological structures through media outlets, control of the education curriculum, and et cetera. And over time, 10 years, 15 years, 20, 30 years, uh, such ideas become disseminated in uh, all parts of society. And I think those are the, that's the end result is that in a certain way in Sofia, there's a critical mass of uh, such kind of self-hating Bulgarians who uh, or or Western imperialist worshipping Bulgarians of all social classes, you know, yeah. who are activated at certain moments when uh, when, just, when the when the masters require. You know. Yeah, I just want to yeah. add that what we're seeing now is this bizarre sort of union between uh, bizarre alliance between the this kind of like uh, urban you know, uh, new rich, if you will, you know, like this kind of like IT sector folk that think of themselves as the upper middle class, uh, which is like, again, they're in precarious positions and so yeah, on. Yeah, I know, but, but it's enough that they can go to Kaufland and buy a lot of stuff. Once yeah, yeah, they all kind of like restitution bourgeoisie with them again, yeah. which kind of combines this idea of the uh you know the smart and the beautiful right like this uh, how they call themselves or how ironic it's very important they call themselves we are smart and beautiful this is how yes. western chauvinists in bulgaria refer to themselves by the way that's yeah. that's very important. and yeah. 
and the kind of uh, you know uh, like work or you we, we like uh, lumpen kind of uh, uh, hooligan uh, uh, you know football hooligans uh, kind of uh, yeah. groups Nazi groups that for the most part probably are a result of a very very horrible social upbringing right like you know broken families and so on for, let's not kid ourselves these 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 kids are get, like most likely are probably a result of a really really social uh, horrible social conditions that they have experienced in their childhood during the transitional periods and so on because you know like product of current peripheral bulgarian capitalism so uh who and the on the other hand don't have any other role models left because the uh you know the anti-fascist struggle has been demonized so uh you know they have been kind of uh you know uh believed to romanticize uh hitler and you know this kind of like uh, uh forms of uh, dictatorial figures that they uh that their their hatred of their social conditions make them believe that you know, this could be the their solution to kind of embrace these kind of figures. So, uh, and also, let's not uh, uh, kill ourselves with these uh, football hooligans, not the people, not the actual uh, members of these hooligan groups themselves, not the actual, you know, youths there that are participating in this, uh, uh, you know, uh, vandal, uh, uh, vandalizing, actions of vandalizing uh, monuments and so on. Uh, but their organizers, are very well connected to uh, to the current uh, 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 to figures to certain political figures that are part of the current uh, coalition, such okay, as the, okay, uh, so such as someone linked to the municipal government in in Sofia, right? Yeah, so right. these are linked things, right? So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's very important. But I wanna I wanna go back to Arto now, and uh, let's let's talk about Vanya Grigorov a little bit because you know he mentioned like Bujin mentioned the uh, hooligan, the whatever football soccer hooligans uh, that are threatening, you know, endangering various places, you know, in in, uh, in in Sofia every once in a while, right? But then you know recently, what they uh, became famous or infamous, depending, I guess, on the side you're looking mm, uh, at it from. Uh, by uh, by by attacking the monument of the Soviet army in Sofia. Yeah, that's right? what I so, meant. That, that, that's what my point was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so that, this is yeah, and, and that, that was my point now, that they have been organized to do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now I wanna I wanna throw it to Arto and Arto because like part of the part of the campaign, huge part of the campaign, is gonna be about. Uh, political sentiments, and I think one of the basic political sentiments within the Bulgarian society today, including Sofia, by the way, is uh, that you should whatever you think of the so, you know, of the of the People's Republic of our past of Todor Zhivkov, you know, the leader of Bulgaria until 1989 and so on and so forth. Whatever you think about the Bulgarian Communist Party and so on, leave the monument alone. Let it stay there. It it just not only it's a symbol uh, in terms of history, but it's also a place uh, around which many things were designed. You know, the metro stations are designed around the monument of the Red Army. That's how the tunnels were digged. A huge park is designed ar uh, around the monument of the Red Army. A fantastic park. It's put in a great place in Sofia, right? I mean, in a sense, it's it's located. Uh, with a lot of urbanistic thought behind it. Everything is great about it, right? So this, the only reason to potentially remove this 
which is an idea coming up every once in a while when there is a crisis in the country. Someone, you know, uh, <clears throat> stands up and goes like, I want to destroy and dismantle the uh, monument of the Soviet army uh, in Sofia. And now it seems like the tensions are really high because there are people defending it. There are people with tents. There are, you know, th there were, um, uh, uh, how do you call it, live chains, right? Um uh, like people holding their hands around the surrounding the monument uh, in case I don't know what would happen. Maybe, maybe football hooligans would approach it, or or I don't know the police would come or anything. I don't know. So I'm I'm wondering, like with, with this in mind, how do you think? Do you think there's anyone better than Vanya Grigorova to actually defend uh, defend this, like defend the monument and defend the sentiment behind it? I mean, I think as a public figure, she's probably the the best. Um, yeah. kind of most politically, with great political integrity, personal integrity and intelligence candidate if for the moment. And, you know, um, the thing about Vanya is just so interesting. I mean, she's a highly educated person. She's an economist by training with advanced degrees. Uh, and she's published uh, very valuable economic studies. So every time she gets up in front of the media, which she does a lot, to talk about the raising of the minimum wage in Bulgaria and what it should be, or the various, you know, she's one of the senior economic advisors to one of the big Bulgarian uh, labor union confederations. So every time she opens her mouth to say something, this is backed up by a lot of knowledge. This is not somebody who is unprepared, like most of the talking heads you hear uh, on the other side. She's an extremely educated and knowledgeable person from practical uh, activity, you know, in her capacity as a, so in that sense, I think she, who better than her to understand what Sofia needs and what Sofia has become in terms of its economic, social, and political development of all the candidates running today. I don't see anybody even remotely close to her. The other guy is a joke. He can barely speak. He's uncomfortable speaking publicly, which is a problem if you're going to be a mayor of a capital city, nonetheless. He's clearly reliant on some kind of speech writers who are writing every word, every period, he says, because he just delivers it that way. He's clearly intellectually underprepared from his public uh, displays of, uh, you know, his statements and everything else. So I think she's extremely uh, prepared and worthy. And the That's worthy a monument of the Red Army, by the way, just, just for yeah. people to know. Yeah. <clears throat> and so in that sense, I think Vanya, because of her political uh, energy, her political thoughts, and her economic preparation, preparation in the science of economics and practical experience as a labor union organizer and an economic advisor. And a campaigner. Analyst, and a campaigner and a, also. And a massive campaigner for many years. She's known around the country. Uh, I think she's a very popular person, politically speaking, for a very good reason, for all the good reasons. So I really hope she wins. I think she's going to have a very strong campaign, whatever happens. Uh, and I'm really glad that that she is she's running, and I really hope uh, that we can help her any way we can. And and many people, I'm sure, are going to do that. Now, speaking of the monument, I think the campaign to remove the Soviet monument was general part of historical revisionism. Um, it's a general campaign of removing the socialist past because that's a direct and persistent threat to uh, the contemporary capitalist models because it offered an alternative. It offered an alternative that clearly, whether you lived in that period or you didn't, if you really study it, it clearly was superior for the average Bulgarian than anything that capitalism has offered and can ever offer in the next 30 or 100 or 1,000 years. And the destruction of monuments is very systematic. 
uh, our listeners should know that a couple of years before in Sofia, another a very big and very symbolic monument was destroyed, removed from its position. And in Bulgaria, there's a building called the, the People's Palace of Culture, which is the largest convention center slash performance space in the Balkans. It's an enormous, incredible kind of brutalist structure with seven or eight theaters, I forget exactly now, and et cetera. Yeah, I'll bring it also, up. <clears throat> also situated in a park. And this was the Bulgarian Minister of Culture, another extraordinary woman, Ludmila Zhivkova, about whom uh, little is known in the West, but more and more will be known as more and more historians are writing about her. She was a complex figure who was the dominant kind of cultural figure in Bulgaria of the 1970s on the political level. And under her, as she, in her capacity as a minister of culture, a woman, again, I'm emphasizing, because all of these liberals and, and, and et cetera talk about their defense of uh, their type of feminism, and they completely belittle, unless you read the specialized literature, the vast presence of uh, women, including on the highest political level, that already existed in Bulgarian society. But anyways, so under Ludmila Zhivkova, Bulgaria reached its highest uh, levels of, of cultural development measured by numbers of films produced per year, books published per year, the number of libraries that were open and, re and repaired, theaters, concert spaces, orchestras, uh, uh, grants to artists, and etc. This was the renaissance of Bulgarian culture uh, since Bulgaria became a sovereign state in you know, 1878 nominally, right? So anyways, next to this majestic building is also a public park because everything under the socialist period that resulted in public buildings always were accompanied by massive public parks and other kinds of public spaces. It's an enormous public park. And on the opposite corner of the Palace of Culture, the People's Palace of Culture, which is now called the National Palace of Culture, that's not the real name. The real name is the original name. The original name was the People's Palace of Culture because it belongs to all people in Bulgaria. The, the category of the people is more foundational than the category of the nation because you need the certain peoples uh, to form a nation of a certain kind, right? So anyways, so there was a huge monument called 1,300 Years of the Bulgarian State, right? So it was a monument built by the socialist government commemorating the 1,300-year anniversary, 681 AD, uh, 1981, right? When Ludmila was still alive, that monument was opened, and it's a magnificent modernist monument, right? It was yeah. destroyed. And with, with, with kind of alleys in the in, in the basement of the monument, if you can call it that way, yeah. the, the kind of basement alleys with all kinds of art galleries within those alleys and stuff like that. It was systematically destroyed and dismantled. And I, my personal belief, because I don't have the actual proof, I don't have the documents, but it's not necessary to have documents. You can figure this out. My personal belief is that you cannot remove a monument of such significance without external approval or uh, direction. So I think the local Bulgarian uh, you know, power holders may have wanted to do that, but I'm sure they checked. I'm sure they checked. So Bulgaria already has precedence of removal of, of Sofia monuments of extreme importance. This was a monument, monument commemorating the Bulgarian state. This wasn't even a monument commemorating the victory over fascism in World War II. 
So, yeah, but it was erected by the communists, and you know. So well, then they should enough, destroy ninety-nine percent of all infrastructure in Bulgaria. I know. <laughs> no, they should. Know. They we should return to you know candlelight and and bulls and horses uh, working the land, and we should. Well, we're, 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 there. we're going there. Give us. We're already there. <laughs> yeah, with the exception of the of the of the ten percent or five percent of the churbaji, you know, as they say, the you know the the mm. latifundia landowners or whatever who would live in the nice houses. Maybe we should just go back to that. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe exactly. That's perhaps that's where we're heading. A bunch of guys, idiots, you know. Yeah, that's 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 absolutely. I it's agree with basically you. collective suicide. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah, they're, they're trying they're, to they're, collective of suicide. Course, of course. Yeah, yeah, but I would say it's it's not just because you know if they had committed collective suicide, then maybe things would actually be better off. But the problem is that they're killing first. They're first killing us, National and then suicide, we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, like for the end of the program, I just want to get uh, like, you see, do you if things go well for Vanya Grigorova within uh, this confrontation that is going to take that's already taking place, basically, within the you know electoral campaign, this confrontation between her and the modern, you know, Western, you know, America loving, Western loving, EU loving, NATO loving Bulgarians, you know, this this crowd, <clears throat> as I said, primarily concentrated in Sofia. If she manages to deal the mysterious blow, do you think? Do you think that it's going to have an effect uh, in terms of of the political political life on a on this national scale? Not just you know these are going to be local elections, but do you think it can it can give birth or maybe create some kind of Mm, uh, I don't know, new reference point for, 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 for something to form up something, something that's going to going to pose an actual alternative to, uh, uh, you know, to the current, uh, to the current direction. And, uh, you know, there is this party, by the way, and we should not uh, neglect their importance. This party called Revival. This is a kind of nationalistic party, <clears throat> and it's a very important force, political force in Bulgaria. Many people say just one man. I don't know whether it's true. I mean, they are. They have like, uh, what well, like, uh, they have a support of around eighteen to twenty percent, if I remember the last poll I came across. Uh, so it's I, I can't believe it's just deeds of one man. But anyway, so. Uh, Obviously, the leader of that party is very strong, Kostarin Kostarinov. And, you know, judging by everything he said so far, including he was asked about Vanya Grigorov, he said he respects her a lot. He's got a lot of, he knows her, you know, and uh, they, they've interacted many times. And it seems to me that despite the fact that the revival party has their own candidate, candidate in Sofia for the mayor, right, that, you know, their candidate... Is, is pretty much no one, and especially no one in comparison to Vanya Grigorov. I mean, he's got no public record, okay? And I feel that those voices that are going to be the protest votes, you know, they're going to go to Vanya Grigorova, uh, you know, they're going to go for Vanya Grigorova. And then, you know, if she really manages to, uh, to get to the second place, then I think, you know, the revival party is actually going to support her. I mean, I just can't imagine any other way. Uh, you know, and this, I think, this act alone of mutual support between this anti-imperialist nationalistic uh, organization called Revival 
And Vanya Grigorova, like a staunch social democrat, like internationalist and, you know, the whole tradition of it, right? I think this is going to be an interesting phenomenon that could spark, I don't know what, really. I don't, uh, it's difficult to think about a concrete process, but at least talks and discussions and that kind of stuff. And on top of everything, they're both going to be, of course, immediately attacked by, you know, the media, the establishment as stooges of, Kremlin, Putin, and so on and so forth. So I think, you know, we're going to be getting like certain forces which are representing the actual sent political sentiment within the Bulgarian society coming together. And maybe if that happens in Sofia, that I think holds a lot of, you know, political weight. What do you think? So I uh, want to say that if really let's hope but i'm kind of little skeptical that you know the forces that be the powers that be are going to leave sofia to a leftist uh, <laughs> mayor but let's say that this is an, an ideal in a in an ideal world uh, we best have case scenario case best case scenario best case scenario first when I was uh, listening to uh, her speech during conference that she gave when she announced her candidacy, uh, she was talking about uh, something. First, uh, first of all, it was interesting that she was using exactly the the language of these uh, establishment uh, liberal, you know, uh, groups. Uh, uh, she was she used the word demontage many times. Demontage means to dismantle, right? Because they want to dismantle the monument. So she was she was using the same word demontage, uh, which means dismantling. But she was talking about dismantling the big buildings that are suffocating uh, Sofia, which means like this, uh, you know, the result of gentrification, this shady gentrification process that happened with these huge palaces that were built that are kind of like that destroyed the actual architectural uh, sort of uh, um, um, the, archi the, 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 archi the, the architectural uh, uh, project of Sofia during the so like during the People's Republic was. Uh, to have these like uh, uh, various like open spaces where you know the, the 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 air from the mountains could come in the city, you know, and this kind of thing was suffocated by the by these like chaotic buildings, uh, a, a building of these big palaces. So she directly was talking about that. She was talking about this inability of you know this kind of like uh, uh, the hypocrisy of talking about. Uh, you know, uh, green deals and all that, and at the same time not realizing, you know, how these, uh, you know, how these buildings are actually, uh, how the kind of the dealings of the uh, new reach of the li little little group of the new reach of the of those who amounts uh, 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 who amass their fo uh, fortunes in a corrupt way, you know, like the elite and all that, have been suffocating the sea. That's one thing. The other thing he was talking about was concessions. Sophia without concessions. Well, that very much reminds me of, I don't remember her name. She was a socialist mayor in France who actually, in Paris, who kicked out Violia. Like, he, she, she was the one, uh, well, not only her, like, uh, you know, social uh, movements, uh, you know, the uh, mobilizing of social movements of various activists and all that. Like she kicked out uh, Violia, which is this uh, French company that privatized uh, water in Paris. Yes. We have the same company now in Sofia. If she manages to kick out Violia, well, what kind of... 
can you imagine the example this could give to the rest of the, you know, so you have concessions, you, ha you have like, you have, if she manages to actually really uh, sort of, uh, let's say, uh, give a blow, a huge blow to one of the main kind of vestiges of, uh, of capital here, which is like the concessions, which is the gentrification process. And if she manages to preserve the monument of the, of the Soviet army, I think these kind of, uh, you know, th this will have a huge effect on the, on the rest of the, of the country. Uh, well, of course she's just one person. She, she needs to have a political party behind her. She needs yeah, to have exactly. political movement behind her. And I think okay. this could, this could be the momentum. <laughs> this could create a momentum for that. Right. So. Okay. Uh, last minute of the program goes to you, Arto. What, what do you think? Is there, is there any kind of potential political potential in the kind of situation uh, that we, you know, we discussed here. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. What Bojin said, and but I also think I just want to add. Um, I don't think a movement. I, I think um, any if the campaign of Vanya Grigorova has wide resonance in Sofia and Bulgaria, which I think it will, it can only benefit the reconstitution of, of a new political force in Bulgaria, which would be the real democratic force, which would be the represent representing the typical, the average. Bulgarian person, citizen. Right. And there are no political parties in Bulgaria now that represent the Bulgarian person in terms of the, the, the everything, the, the economic reason. I mean, Verzrajdin's um, social politics or economic platform is vague, which I'm sure is by design in order to offer flexibility. Well, that's not good enough, right? So the average Bulgarian person is very uh, working class person or small shop owner or even the young people who want to develop a software app, for example, right, but are, are not wealthy. Um, all of these three different distinct types of Bulgarian citizens don't have a political organization or political organizations that look out for their own interests as part of their political ideology. So I think there is a dire need to form. Uh, I don't I purposefully don't use the word left because that word basically I know. But there's a definite need for a political formation, which can include different groups that are united by the basic political idea that they believe that they need to struggle towards a more egalitarian society, a redistribution of wealth, uh, uh, reigniting national strategies for development of Bulgarian society as a whole, it, the economy as a whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And exactly. real, in other words, real democratic politics. That's real yeah. democracy because you're including in your political platform the majority of the, of the people. And the majority know, of the people are not the wealthy. Yeah. But they're left yeah. out of the political platforms in Bulgaria today. Appeals to national sovereignty are important, but that's only one part. What about the economic reality? You know, uh, the reality of wages, the structure of payments, the pensions, you know, all the things that Vanya has said a lot of things about, like the pension funds that condemn a lot of Bulgarians to very poor retirements because of small pensions, because of the generalized practice of paying workers with cash in order to reduce, she said many, she's had many reports on this, in order to reduce the tax burden paid by the employers, the rich business owners, in other words. So what happens is when somebody works and retires, They've only shown half of, of their income officially for pension yeah. purposes. So then this is widespread practice in the United States. Yeah, and which by the way, I, I, I know, but I, I want to just uh, throw in an anecdote here. You know, when we established our publishing house in 2015 in Bulgaria, then, uh, you know, the company that was going to be running our 
uh, bookkeeping and uh, you know we were employing people providing contracts and everything and we we're discussing they were very surprised that we actually want to put in the contract the entire sum that we're going to be paying yeah. they were are you sure about that like you know they were like checking twice with us whether you know we're sure what we're doing here so yeah this is uh this is this is the this is the general practice and then people of course end up having no money uh in their pension funds and the pension funds are private on on, on top of that and you know uh, all kinds of speculations happen and the situation on the ground today in Bulgaria is that uh, I think 70% or maybe 60%, something like that, way above 50% of the entire population of pensioners in Bulgaria, those who are entitled to actually receive some kind of pension, they received a minimal pension, which is, I'm sorry, it, to say it's peanuts is, is even over the top. I mean, it's just yeah. pocket money, basically. So that's we, should add that, yeah. we should add that the people who retire now are the ones who built the, the Bulgaria that we live in. Yeah. So in other words, if you yeah. think about it that way, retired people are not just some old people that are just condemned to die because they can no longer be productive. They already were productive. And the product of their work is the roads and the buildings and the food that we eat. You know, And, yeah. and if we put it that way, it becomes very clear how unjust and, and criminal it is to, to condemn retired Bulgarian people, retirees, to minimal wage right right they guys the world that you live in yeah yeah i totally i'm totally with you on that and as, as well as the many other cases but uh we we've we've gone way over time now okay it's like 15 minutes 50 minutes we're approaching 50 minutes so i'm gonna end the program now uh and uh to our viewers and uh to our listeners to our followers uh please don't forget to check out the website thevaricate.online yeah, don't forget to you know hit the notifications button the, the whatever button makes sense right now like depending on the platform where you're listening or uh, watching our shows uh, share it with your friends and I don't know family acquaintances whomever you uh, think deserves to see uh, our discussion and if you have any questions please send them our way uh, whatever <clears throat> you'd like to ask about you know Eastern Europe Bulgaria Balkans Poland and so on and so forth to the extent that we we can we're going to a you know, uh, uh, we're going to try and answer them. Uh, or if you have any topics that you'd like uh, us to take up uh, as well, uh, go ahead and contact us. All the contact details are in the description box of this video and in the description box of, of this and any other video that you will find on our channel is also the link to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash the barricade. So if you, uh, if you like uh, our journalism, if you find it interesting and valuable, please go ahead and uh, support us uh, with either a one-off payment or a monthly donation. It's uh, much appreciated. We've got a small group of uh, donors. Thank you, thank you very much. Uh, we don't monetize our content uh, because we don't want to be you know, bossed around by YouTube or any other platform uh, telling us what to say or not because they're gonna demonetize our channel or anything like that. So uh, all the more, we do rely on your support. Thank you once again, Bujin. Thanks you, thank you, Arto, for your comments and insights. Uh, and uh, we'll see each other soon. Thank you very much. Thank you.